We're going to be in the Word today. We're going to look at uh, the idea of joy because the, the Christmas themes that traditionally that we have uh, preached on are um, hope and love, which Ben did last week, and joy and, uh, and peace next week as we lead into Christmas Eve as well on a um, on, no, week from Tuesday night. But um, we're going to be in the Word. I want, I'd love to have you grab your Bible. I'd love to, if you uh, have a uh, didn't bring one, grab one from underneath the chair in front of you, turn to Luke chapter two, because we're going to be right in that Christmas text. It's super sweet to be in the Christmas text. And I have a lot of scripture again this morning. I'm sorry. I try, I'm trying to narrow it down, trying to do that. I can't do that. But I know over the last couple of weeks, I've been that guy. I've been that guy that's like, I'm sorry, but I have all this scripture. But I go, but I've said, and did you hear me like two weeks ago? And then I repeated it a couple of, or three weeks ago when I preached. And then two weeks ago when I preached again, I, I was saying things like, oh man, <clears throat> we don't have time to go into this text, but if you go study it on your own, I'm like, I'll give you $100. Do you remember me saying that? <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so I kind of said it one too many times. I was two weeks ago, I, was, I uh, brought you to a passage in uh, Romans chapter five, as we're talking about hope. And it's that passage, therefore, since we've been justified by uh, faith uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And it's this really cool kind of complex passage that I probably just mangled a little bit right there. But anyway, um, I was like, you, you, if you memorize this passage, I will give you $100. Like that is just, and it was another you know, thing. Well, so everyone uh, in the room knew, A, that I don't have $100, and B, that uh, I was joking, except for um, Matisse Buckley, who's 13 years old. And uh, I don't think Matisse is here this hour, but last hour he was, he was here. So he last week interrupted me during the Explorers course, came into our Explorers course and uh, interrupted us and is like, so you got the hundred dollars because I got the passage memorized. <laughs> I'm like, I just, yes, I do. I'll pay you. And uh, so he came up here last hour and, uh, and he said, I said, well, I'll give you the hundred dollars if you come up front. And so we can celebrate that as a church. And he's like, okay, but promise me I don't have to speak out loud. Because he goes, I think I might just die. And I'm like, okay, I won't, I promise you. So he came up here and I, was, and I said, uh, I didn't have a mic or anything. And he's like, I'm ready. And he did, he busted out, he nailed the thing word for word. Uh, Romans 5, one through five, did the whole thing. And I counted out the 20s and gave him this hundred bucks. When I say that kind of stuff, church. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. It was awesome to pay. That was a good hundred bucks, though. I, I, that, was, that was really well done. All right. So, um, so oh, where are we? Oh, so you got your Bible open. So Luke chapter two. This is a Christmas story. I, I, um, if you study it on your own, I will, never mind. Um, I just want to read this again. I, I heard Michael say in, in the introduction of one of our, our Christmas carol songs we just worshiped, uh, uh, he said, sing this like you've never sang the words before. Like, let's look at this text again. I know you, this is our most famous text. The reason it's most famous because Linus made it famous in the Charlie Brown Christmas. But this text uh, has that joy piece embedded in it. And we're going to talk about joy that God has revealed to us um, in the Christmas season. So Luke chapter two, verse four. Pray for fresh eyes for you here. So Joseph went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. They were taking a, a, a census. Verse five, he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no room, guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's the word of God. Is that just not such a great text? I want you to look at these couple of verses right here. These just these last two verses, verse 10 and 11. And like, what do you, what do you see in that? Like, I'm like, go ahead and give me something. Like what, with fresh eyes again, what do you see about this proclamation? The shepherds are there. The angels come and proclaim this news that Jesus has arrived. That's what Advent is, the arriving of God in our midst. I remember we had talked about Advent has a past, a present, and a future concept, right? Past Jesus arrived, and that was the day that it was announced, and he was born on the earth. God came in the flesh. The present idea of Advent is we're longing for him to come now to us, show up in the midst of our story. And then the present is, of course, he's going to come again one day and bring the kingdom in its fullness, and everything will be made right. And that's what we do in celebrating Advent. He came, come now, Jesus, come again, Lord. Like that's how Advent is such a rich season of worship in the church. So looking at it with these eyes of, of, uh, of Christmas and the, uh, the Christmas story, what do you see in this passage? Give me a couple observations from this, this, these two verses. What do you see? Hope. You see hope. Where do you see hope? What is it, what, Dave, why do you say that? Okay, there's hope. This is the good news that's come that's brought hope to us. Yeah. Todd, what do you see? Joy. You see joy right in there, right? Dude, let me pay you for saying the right thing. That's awesome. Yeah, joy. That's right. There's joy right in there. What else do you see in this passage? It's, yeah, it's Jesus came to be good news to all people. Everybody was going to be included in this invitation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that great? There's no reason to be afraid. The angels came and said, don't be afraid. It was terrifying. They were afraid. They were sore afraid, Linus taught us, right? The angels, the glory shone round about them in the King James Version, and they were sore afraid. I love that. I have any idea what that means. But, I, but then the angel goes, you don't have to be afraid. And there's this idea of the magnificence of God showing up in our, their midst, which is terrifying, and so they fall down in worship and, and struck by terror because God's so magnificent and so other and so glorious. And the angel says, don't be afraid. In fact, there's a, that's a picture in the book of Revelation as well. When people are worshiping around the throne of the lamb, it just says that they bow down and then they stand up and then they bow down and then they stand up. And I think it was probably because they were just on their faces between, before the glory of the Savior. And he's like, yeah, I love you. Don't be afraid. Stand up. Let's embrace. And they'd stand up and they'd be like, you're awesome. And they'd fall down again on their faces. That, that transcendence and glory of God, and yet that imminence and that intimacy at the very same time. Come on, is that not good news? Ah, oh, don't be afraid. Yeah, what else do you see? A new beginning. You see a new beginning? What's that, Jeff? How do you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The Savior has come. Yeah, it's the beginning of the new covenant. That's right, good word. Yep, in the back there. Inclusivity. Yeah, for all the people. Good. Yes. Yeah. Affirmation of? Affirmation of? Affirmation of? 
Yeah, affirmation and fulfillment. You guys, there's so much richness in this, in this text. Um, we know that in this moment, God came and brings, it says that he brings great joy. And I want to talk about joy this morning, and I want to see it from this text and just a couple of things that I learned from the script, studying the scriptures this week and digging in about this idea of joy. And listen, here's what I want you to know about joy. Here's what we do know about joy. Among all the other things that we're going to learn, and, uh, and, and when I run out of time, I'll stop talking, but this is what we do know about joy in the scriptures, and you can see it in this text as well. We know that joy is not something that we can muster up. It's something that we've been given or that we receive. This good news did what? What's the verb in there? The good news that will what? Cause. That's the verb. It's going to cause great joy. Joy comes to us from God. That's why we're preaching on revealed and revealed in us. Good news is given and I mean, joy is given through this good news and it's revealed by God. And I tell you that because we don't all, we're not, joy is one of those things you can't preach a sermon. The angels didn't come and say, I have great news and out of it, I want you to be joyful, more joyful, now do it. It's no, the good news is gonna cause it. Every one of us knows that feeling of I wish I had more joy and there's literally nothing you can do to get more joy. Do you know that? You don't get it. You don't bring it. You don't muster it up. It comes from God himself. And so this thing that's rather elusive, not just in the holiday season, but all of the time for us where we're longing for more and deeper experience of God, happiness, lighter heart, all those things, that comes from God himself. And we know that about joy. We know that it's not just happiness because happiness is circumstantial. You heard it in Alicia's um, uh, voiceover that she did. I just love that. I love that she got alone in a room and mused with that microphone. And that was a brilliant idea that Michael's done to have uh, some folks from our body just speak those thoughts, those truths. It was so right. She said something about, she said, it's not happiness, it's deeper. And it's a well that God dug and we receive it. Like we, I didn't tell her what I was preaching on. That's just, that's just the truth that was in her and in her um, uh, our heart right now. We know it's not happiness. It's further. It's deeper. It's more. It's not circumstantial. It's something that is given to us by God. It's something that comes to us revealed by God. It's enduring, substantial. To think about it that way, think about your experience of joy. When was the last time you experienced joy? Now, I want you to think about it for a minute because I want you to have an a, 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 um, occasion in your head as we go through the rest of the sermon. When was the last time you experienced joy? And what was going on around it? Think about that for a minute. Make sure you get that idea. Where did that joy come from, that experience that you're thinking of? Most of the time when I talk to people about this idea, here I get two responses. One is I go, People go, gosh, I cannot think of the last time I truly was joyful. Like, I can't think of the joy. Like, I can think of happiness, but when I stop and think about it, I'm like, yeah, but if the circumstances were a little different, I wouldn't have been joyful. Do you know what I mean? It's more than that. So some people go, that's hard for me to come up with what, when I was truly joy, like it was inside me. You're not alone if that's something that you're feeling. But then others, when they come up with something, they go, oh, I think this was joy. 
what they'll describe is they'll say, it felt like a gift. It felt like something that was given to me. It felt like it was something that was revealed to me. It was sort of a surprise that came out regardless of the circumstances. And this is exactly the point, and this is what I think the scriptures teach. That God came in, he revealed this good news, and that good news caused joy. The people of God had been 400 plus years without hearing from any of their prophets, without hearing from God. It was a silent era in the revelation of God to his people and the salvation story. And they began to wonder at that point, of course, whether or not God ever existed, whether God ever spoke, whether there was a relationship with God, whether this Messiah that was promised from the ages past would ever be revealed on the scene. And this news came from the outside, total surprise, and said, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your doubts, regardless of your heart, where it's at right now, this is going to cause you some joy. So my theory is, is that joy is about uh, coming from God himself and not something we can muster up. It's revealed by God. I'd love to talk about a couple of ways in which I think joy is, uh, has been given or is revealed um, in this Christmas story and in the idea of Jesus coming to be our Savior. Because this Christmas story is about joy being revealed. So first, here's the first way. Joy, this is how joy is revealed or how joy comes. Joy comes from the outside in. It's this good news that a Savior has arrived. This is what I was just trying to say. That, that, that there's this external surprise. It comes from the out. It's revealed. It's, it's caused. Uh, it's brought by God. And it's from the outside in to us. It's not something that we created in and of ourselves. And so this joy to the world that we sing about, joy to the world, this, the Lord has come. Let earth receive the king, right? That's why it's joy to the world, because from the outside came this savior to the world. If you go back to, to verse 10, Mark, if you can, verse 10 and 11, those, you see it in, in this passage. That, that today, what's the great joy? Okay, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, what's the good news? Verse 11, today in the town, in, in the, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Today, a Savior came. That was the good news that God came and showed up on the scene. See, I think all true joy, you guys, is related to some form of God showing up on the scene. His presence and is rescuing. He's present with us and he's saving. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. This is the Messiah. This is the Lord and he's coming. That's the gospel of rescue that God has shown up on the scene with his hope, with his salvation. I mean, if you think, well, gosh, what was that about? What was the whole incarnation about? It was that God came to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to be the savior of the world, the Messiah that everyone had longed for, the end of all their longing. I think if you think back about any true joy that you've experienced or you're longing for joy, I, I want to start by saying it's going to have come from the outside in and it's going to be beyond happiness. It's going to be some revelation of God's presence or of God's saving, some revelation of God rescuing and God being with us. That's going to be where true joy comes. So if you're lacking joy, if you're like, I, I want more joy in my life, I want, I want to tell you, have you received God's rescue of your heart? Have you received a relationship with him that he's offering 
Because that's the beginning of it, is getting that, I, that God will come and send a savior to us. And then if you have, have you been walking with him? Do you walk and invite and have eyes to see and ears to hear God's presence showing up in your midst? Man, what a rich life that is. What joy to the world that is, that he's a savior, but he's, and he's one who walks with us. And so we have these eyes to see beauty and go, this is God in this moment. I think that's how you know that it's joy. Because you realize, oh, this is God. There's a God thing going on right here, right? It's so sweet. I think about, when I thought about my, uh, I had two, two joy moments that I thought of, like, when, was that, when did I experience joy last? One of them was last night. I was at Jeff and Sarah's wedding. They're right here. Wave your hands, you guys. These guys got married yesterday. Yeah. And it's so them to be in church the day after they got married. That's awesome. And, uh, and I was, listen, I was happy. I was happy for them. I know their story. I got to baptize them. Um, they've been in my office and, and, and heard all that God's done. I just, it just made me happy. And uh, it was sweet people. And I met some of their great friends. And, and so it was just a sweet moment. Ben did the wedding and I came along and prayed as well. But I, 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 I went to the wedding and I was happy, right? It was a sweet moment. You could say it was joyful. That's fine. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but here's the deal. Here's what switched is that I'm there and I'm happy and all things are good. And it's a nice little moment because who doesn't love weddings? And then all of a sudden the music started and I see Sarah standing over here with her mom about to come in and walk in. And all of her story of how God has come and rescued her and encountered her and how she asked God for the man that would be the man that would be her husband for life and be the father of her children someday and Lord willing. And then I know Jeff's story and how God has captured his heart and how he has surrendered his life to Jesus. And we've seen them be baptized and give testimony that God has rescued them. I see all this stuff unfolding right now. And I look up and as she steps in from the side and I look up and I see Jeff crying and I just felt overwhelmed by God is in this moment, right? Sure, I was happy it was a wedding, but now all of a sudden we went to another level. You with me? God's doing his stuff in this moment right here. This moment is a God thing. You see, I think joy always comes when we've got God's presence and God's rescue being invested into the story. I come, the angel said, listen, don't be afraid. I'm going to bring good news and it's going to cause you great joy because a savior has come. God's present here. Friends, you're longing for joy. It's going to come from the outside in. It's going to come from the good news permeating into it. It's going to come from seeing God's uh, work in your midst. It's going to be, come from having eyes to see and ears to hear. Oh, this is a God thing right now. Here's another quick one. I went over to my, my daughter and son-in-law's house um, the other day to visit the new grandbaby. They got a black lab. And... Um, and it was super sweet. And, you know, he's just... Uh, as as Anna's sister, Brooke, said he's, he's floppy. He's just floppy, you know? Who doesn't love, like, listen, you want pure happiness? Black lab puppy, right? So sweet. And man, we were all tickled. We're on the floor and it's just the best. And, and I come in there and I'm happy for them and they got a dog and I'm happy that makes them happy and, and I'm happy to play with the dog and I love puppy breath. And the whole thing was just the best. It was just the best. But here's the deal. While I'm sitting there and Linda's over there on the floor and that dog's you know, upside down and chewing on its, on its foot and 
you know, and I'm watching this whole thing go down. Here's, here's then this, this moment flashed on me. So Anna and Casey working with their high school kids, helping them love Jesus. Casey sitting at the table ministering to my mom who just lost her husband, my stepdad, and just entertaining and listening and leaning into her. Anna leaning against the wall, sitting on the floor, music, worship music playing in the background, and her closing her eyes for a quick second. Didn't, she didn't even know I caught her doing it. And she was just meeting the Lord. And I know she just got back from a business trip where she had to cling to Jesus because of the difficulty of it. And he got her through day after day after day, right? All of a sudden, joy welled up in me because God's in that story. I mean, a puppy, that makes you happy. But God invading the life of this young couple as they cling to him, that's joy. You hear me? You get what I'm talking about? We want joy. It's going to come from the outside in. It's going to come from the good news that God is present and that he has rescued us and that he's in our story. He's our savior. Okay, you got it? Secondly, I think that, and you know where this this is going to go. I think that joy comes from the inside out. When I said it came from the outside in, I also think that joy comes from the inside out. Go to that slide, you guys, for me. Joy comes from the out, from the, uh, the outside in. Yep, good news. The next one. Two more. Joy comes from the inside out as well. And this is his joy that's in us and overflows to the world. So I said it came from the outside in. That means it's, it's good news or it's the invasion of God into our circumstances, into our, to being rescued, right? Outside in. This is inside out. Actually, there's joy of God that is inside of us. That's a scriptural teaching. And it kind of surprised me when I started reading it because I kind of always thought, again, that joy was maybe my responsibility or that joy was something I either had to muster up or at least that I could discern through God changing my circumstances in some way. But no, in fact, there's something inside about joy. His joy is in us and then it overflows to the world. That's partly why we're saying that this, is this, this Christmas is revealed and revealed in us because it will overflow. But you see, Scripture teaches that, yeah, not only can you not muster it up, but it's His joy that's in us. See, the fruit of the Spirit, like, and here's Holy Spirit 101, right? That when we say yes to the good news that Jesus has died on the cross to redeem us, to rescue us from sin, from death, spiritual death, from separation from God. When we make that decision to say, yes, Lord, I want that forgiveness and salvation. Thank you. When that happens, His Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. His Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. So now we have the fruit of him in us coming out, right? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody tracking with me? Fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians 5 says, and some of us have this memorized, give you $100 if you memorize it. The fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one? Love. And the second one is? It's right there. You don't have to go down the list very far. So God's joy is in us. It's the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the cool part. Can you tell I'm excited? The cool part is that it isn't his joy in the sense of joy you couldn't have on your own, so I'm going to give you some joy. It's actually his joy. It's joy that he has. It's his happiness, if you forgive the term. It's what pleases him is inside of us. No. Yes. (laughs) I know this is a hard concept. I could have simplified this sermon and not gone here, but it's not what the scriptures teach. It wouldn't have been a full message. Listen, inside of us is God's spirit. And so whatever makes God joyful is making us joyful. Do you get it? Oh, that is super cool. 
So that means if we're longing for joy, yeah, let's have eyes to see where he's showing up as in his presence and his rescuing. And let's have eyes to see that from the inside out, he's in there and he's like, I'm super stoked about this. That brings joy in our experience. Where do I get this? I get this from John chapter five, which uh, we, I mean, 15, which we have been in now for like four straight weeks. It keeps coming up. John 15, five, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Remember this? Of course you do. If you remain in me, and I in you. If we're remaining together, if we're united together, if I'm in you, okay, right? You'll bear much fruit. That's the life giving, that's spiritual power, that's spiritual life, that's spiritual healing. That's God's stuff in us. You'll bear fruit. Apart from me, nope. You're just human. But with me, I'm thinking of some dumb movie right now. With me, without me. With me, without me. Do you know that? Never mind. <laughs> with him, fruit comes. And then he says in verse 11, a few verses down, I've told you this so that my joy might be where? In you. And so then your joy is complete. Is that cool? So we're looking for joy. Guess what? It's his joy in us that completes our joy. So the things that please God bring us joy. So what pleases God? What does that mean? What, what, what pleases God? Well, a few things come to mind for me. I mean, one thing that pleases God for sure is that, um, uh, that he loves revealing and you see it in, oh, was I going to do that verse? That's why I was lost. Here, go to that verse in, in Luke 10. Thank you. This is how I get this idea of, of, uh, of pleasing God, not just the, his joy being in us and our joy being complete, but look at this. This is a passage where Jesus had been talking about the good news coming of his salvation. And it said at that time, Jesus, full of joy, how was he full of joy? Through the Holy Spirit. Here's an example of what I'm just talking about. The Holy Spirit has filled him completely, right? It's the Spirit of Christ. So he's full of joy in the Holy Spirit, which is where we're going to get joy as well. And he goes, oh, Father, I praise you, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the good news and the wise and the learned, and you revealed them little children. He's responding to the fact that Jesus is saying, look, I love it, God, that people who are so proud and don't really want to humble themselves and hear the truth, they're not going to get it. He goes, but look, at, I love that the simple, those who are ready to receive the good news of salvation can get it. So this is what Jesus is saying. And then look at that last sentence. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Jesus, first verse, full of the Holy Spirit, I mean, full of joy, because of the Holy Spirit, is like, yeah, God, this is, what you, this is what pleases you. You see it? How great is that? So one of the things I know that pleased God is that he loves revealing this to his children. He loves revealing the good news to his children. You go back to the Christmas story. He loves the fact that he got the angels and got to say, go let them know. Go tell them the good news. Can you imagine? They've been waiting 400 years to hear from God. They've been waiting the whole history of the Jewish people for, his, for God's salvation to come in the form of the Messiah. They, they, they had given up hope. They didn't, most of them didn't even know what they were looking for. And you, can you see all of the angels in heaven going, when do we get to send Jesus? When do we get to send Jesus? When do we get to send Jesus? 
This is the good news. And then finally the day comes. He's born of a virgin. The angels are like, weird. Okay. And then, but that's how you want to do it, God. And God does. And, the, and she gives birth to the child. And he's in the, pal- the baby's in the palace. No, baby's in the manger. Like the whole thing, the angels are like, I don't get it, but here it is. It's finally here. And can you imagine the angels going, when do we get to tell him? 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 Because it brings God joy to reveal the good news to ch- his children. It gives him joy to tell the world. And, these, and so the angels are like, when do we go? When do we go? And he's like, now's the time, go. And they showed up and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid, right? The whole, it's so great. I know that it makes God happy. It pleases God to reveal the good news to his children that a savior has come. So that's his joy. And his joy is then our joy in us. And so where's our joy coming from? It's coming from this being in touch with the fact that we're people of good news. So when our circumstances aren't going right or we're in a season of grieving, we're people of good news nonetheless. And when everything's going swimmingly, we're people of the good news, which by the way is not about our circumstances going swimmingly, right? It's about Jesus being present in our midst and being our rescuer. God loves to do that. So we're, his joy is then our joy. We're people of good news. And, and guess what? When that, when that good news then overflows the world, joy to the world, people. Because we now have this ministry of, hey, psst, God is for you. There's something greater here. There's good news. And we go, can we tell them? Can we tell them? How can we tell them? I want to tell them. I want to tell them in a way that they can hear. I want to tell them in a way they'll know we love them. I want to tell them in a way that, know, that they know you love them, God. Man, good news. One of the things that makes them happy is that Jesus loves to, God re- loves to reveal uh, the good news to his children. Another thing that, that God loves that pleases God, uh, what, this is a joy of God that's in us as well, is he loves to have defeated sin and death and separation, the things that keep us from, from the Father. He loved to be able to go to the cross in order to defeat sin and the enemy and and death, to defeat the chasm that keeps all human beings away from a relationship, an intimate relationship with God through Jesus. He was pleased to do that, the scriptures say. Hebrews chapter 12, there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12 talking about the ministry of Jesus, but it's one that caught my eye again this week because it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For joy, it made him joyful to go to the cross to defeat death. So if that's what makes, that's his joy, that's our joy too. That's our joy too. We become people who are saved, who are rescued. And that's where we find joy. We're people who never forget, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was hopeless and now I have hope. We got to get in touch with that church. We got to get in touch with that every day because his joy in us, he delights in having done it and we get to experience that joy. And oh, when that joy overflows to the rest of the world, joy to the world, people, because we get to say there's a savior, there's a rescuing and he was delighted to bridge the gap that you couldn't bridge on your own. It's a free gift of salvation, right? And that becomes our message. Not like, maybe one day you can be as put together as me, spiritually and morally. Now we come with the message 
of reconciliation, as the scripture says. That makes God happy. The la- third thing that makes God happy that the scriptures talk about how he was, what he was pleased to do, it's just he had joy in loving us, just being in a relationship with us. It gives him joy and delight to love us, to simply be with us. In other words, you bring him joy. And he says, my joy may be in you and your joy will be complete. One of the joy, his joys that's in you is that he just has joy over you. Look at this Zephaniah verse. You got to study the context. A hundred bucks if you study the context. <laughs> the Lord your God is with you. There's that message. The mighty one who saves. There's that message. Right? He's with us. He's rescuing us. And he will take great delight in you and rejoice over you with gladness. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Well, come on now. Shouts of joy means actually singing with shouts of joy. That means screaming in joy, like loud songs of joy over you. He delights in you so that he then rejoices so greatly over you that he sings over you in, with songs of joy. Ain't nobody ever sang over me with any song of loud joy. But it is happening every day in the heavenlies. Over me. Over you and your story. That's his joy. And so it becomes our joy. So we're a people delighted in. And so when we go like, like, who are you? You're like, I'm a loved one. I'm a delighted in one. And people look at your life going, really? And you're like, yep, good news. That will cause great joy. And then when that overflows to the world, oh, joy to the world, people. Because our message to them is, oh, this is a God who delights in you, who has had your picture on his refrigerator from before time began and has a plan for your life. And he sings over you with joy. So no matter how lost you are, no matter how far away you are, no matter how broken you are, no matter how distant you are from God, he delights over you. That's joy to the world. Well, joy comes from the outside in like good news. And it comes from the inside out because his joy, the things that make him happy are within us and it informs our joy. What good news this Christmas story is. What great joy it has brought us inside out, outside in. And what a privilege it is to let it overflow and be revealed through us to the world. And so we light the Advent candle in the midst of our worship and our consideration of these truths. This Advent candle is pink, friends, the third week of Advent, because the season of Advent is a season of longing, of now but not yet. Jesus came, but he hasn't come fully again. Jesus comes to us, but not nearly as much as we need him and long for him and want him, and and he hasn't come yet fully. And so in the midst of Advent, we long for him to come. So the church in its tradition put this third week, this third uh, Advent week in the middle of it and said, let's talk about joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength in the midst of waiting for him. Because joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Church, receive the joy of the Lord, his rescue and his presence. Let's worship him.